Roxo Media House. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Today Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 52, and today, Jim Callis from MILB or MLB Pipeline. MLB Pipeline, yeah. MLB Pipeline. He does the top 30 prospects on your MLB app whenever you see that. Jim's going to join us uh, today a little bit later on, but first we're going to go to the big league club. Um, they, they're winding things down. We're getting in the last few weeks. Right now, they're 62 and 81 overall. They did beat last year, so they are two games ahead right. of last That's year. That's right. Four and six in their last team, uh, last 10. They did lose last night. Uh, heartbreaker. They got, uh, and by the way, this is Thursday. Last night, they got, uh, they, uh, they blew a save. Um, they're 31 games back, 17 and a half out of the wild card. Are they officially out of the wild no, card? No, no, they're, they're not out yet. I think it's three or four games is their elimination number. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, one guy that is certainly trying to make a name for himself, and once again, pro scouting, good Lord, how they go out and do this, but but Mark Mathias is just, I mean, what do you have, three home runs and three at-bats? Yeah, spanning Tuesday and Wednesday. We were there both for the walk-off that night. Uh, yeah. What a guy, I mean, this guy's making an eight, then he had RBI hits and four straight, five straight at-bats, I think, starting with a double the night that he had the walk-off, and then he right, had an right. RBI single. I mean, this guy's... He, he's not trying to go away, is he? He's, he's not just a space filler. Or he's trying to make you not think that. Yeah, you know, he it, it's it's interesting because there are a lot. the Rangers have a lot of guys like him, you know, mm-hmm. that can play a lot of positions. He's not really a, a shortstop middle, middle of the diamond guy, though. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what what he does. I mean, if, if he hits yeah. like this, if he's yes. going to hit, if he's going to be a steady at bat, then – he sh- he's got a, a chance to be on this team. He, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a starter. No, you know you might you might if if uh, somebody needs to go in the the IL, he could he could probably hold the fort down for a couple weeks. But you know you 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 wonder about a guy like this. He's he's twenty eight, so right. he's not a spring chicken. He's not you know right. And and so you wonder, okay, what's the right level of exposure? You know, you don't want a guy to get overexposed, sure, as, uh, which which can happen, but. Um, you also, you know, want to ride out, ride out his his hot streaks, and I think that's what's happening right now. But he he gives a good at bat against both sides. Um, yeah, a right handed hitter, but still hit, hits does well against right handers and left handers. So puts the ball all over the field too. Yeah, hits hits you know his home his first home run uh, Tuesday night was opposite field home run. So right. um, there's a lot to like there, and and. I think he's he's even stolen he stole a base Wednesday night so uh, he can do a lot corner infielder a little outfield he came up as an infielder played second base shortstop's out of the question so that kind of that kind of hurts if you want to be a utility guy because you got to have a, a utility guy who plays shortstop right uh, it's a little bit different for the Rangers because Simeon can play shortstop if if that needs to happen um, but it's hard to ignore this guy yeah and and the. You know, that's all a guy in his position can do is make some noise and see what happens. And the Rangers do have a few guys like this. Uh, an example is Eli White. This is a guy that's in his late 20s. Um, you know, the injury killed Eli White. He was having one of his better years. Okay. But, yeah. you know, e- Eli wasn't hit like this. 
Um, no. He wasn't hitting like this. Obviously, an athletic defender out there, They some say he might be the fastest guy on the team, but let's be honest, they've got two unbelievable speedsters in the outfield right now, which makes him more expendable. But if Eli was a guy, you now he's more the outfield uh, utility yeah. guy or yeah. fourth outfielder, uh, but but that that's kind of what Matthias was. He's this end-of-the-bench guy, could play a position, fill in for a while. He's yeah. athletic, but... I mean, he hits different than Eli. This yeah. guy is a yeah. – he was doing it at AAA before he came up. Sure, sure. I mean, he's been a – I want to say a 4A guy because he looks like he, he can handle himself in the majors. But he's, <laughs> he's been he's been uh, just kind of on the cusp. You know, the Brewers have a good team, and, and, and right. he was kind of blocked there. But, um, you know, and, and one thing that's been impressive, I think, and I don't know if he can, can be sustained, is he's a young player in experience terms. But he's been able to to hit without regular at bats, right? And, and you know, if you can do that, then you can you can be a bench player. Exactly. If you can if you have that figured out and can survive, then that's that that really helps. And and you know, again, next next year when when this roster gets put together, <clears throat> I don't know if Charlie Culberson will be back. You know, we, yeah. we all we all like Charlie, good guy, um, great guy, yeah. But you know, I would I would think that um, if if the Rangers want to be uh, a contender that if they carry Charlie, Charlie would only play once a week, and I don't and, even yeah. know if he's doing that now. Right, uh, but a, a Matthias could probably pl- could play a couple three times a week and get by, at least based on the evidence that we're seeing. Absolutely, and a pinch hit guy. Let's let's let's. I mean, this guy, <clears throat> I mean, it, he looks so good at the plate right now. I tell you, another guy who looks pretty good at the plate. He struck out a little bit, but he's he's in his first full week of, of playing in the big leagues, and that's Josh Young. Yeah, first full week. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he he mentioned that. I talked to him yesterday. He said he's striking out too much, but you really kind of have to keep things in context with him. You know, he's he's basically in his sixth week of the season. Right. And uh, has, a, you know, has a new shoulder, wasn't supposed to play this year, or wasn't supposed to play the field this year at least. Exactly. And uh, so, so yeah, he's striking out too much. I mean, these are the best pitchers he's ever faced. Right. And uh, but he's also collecting extra base hits. He set the club record for most extra base hits in uh, the had, first yeah, six games. I think he had five. Right. Um, you know, he hits the ball hard. His ground out in the fifth inning last night uh, against a drawn-in infield is probably a hit if the infield's back. Oddly. Right. Uh, he he hit that ball really hard. Uh, but um, he's going to be fine. I mean, this is this is uh, just a taste, and you know, I, I I was like, well, are you traditionally a slow starter or a fast starter? And I was like, well, you've never had a season, so I guess we don't know. Yeah, and <laughs> and so we're, we're we're there's a lot to know about him, but I think I think what you've seen through was it six games, seven games. Uh, is, is enough to like and realize, hey, this guy's going to be all right. Yeah, and I tell you what, so that for, we were there for his opening day. Uh, it, it was after we recorded. He comes up, and that that I mean, watching him take bat practice. Everybody says this. It sounds different off the bat. All mm-hmm. that crap. But I tell you what, he was just doing a little machine work there, and he put a couple up in that second deck. And that one he hit the other night was in the second deck. Uh, that was a bomb too. He barely got that. I mean, very first at bat, he hits a home run. I mean, I mean that was pretty exhilarating for the fans and to see sure. that his family was just ecstatic over it. But th- make no mistake, this guy when he barrels it, he barrels it. The ball comes off his bat hard. Yeah, and yeah. you know Ezekiel Duran, the ball comes off his bat hard too. But right. but Josh Young is is 
proving with the power, um, which everyone worried about when he first got here, was he going to, you know, I, I think his power was to left field. They wanted to see if he could take it. It was the right center. Right center. Yeah. They wanted to see him pull right. and, and do that. He, he's he's worked on everything they, they've done, but he's the type of guy, they call him a baseball rat. You know these basketball rats you hear about? Sure. Guys that are gym, gym rats. rats. They yeah. get in the gym and do that. He just works on everything. You know, strikeouts are too much. Well, then he's going to make sure he starts putting the ball in play or at least yeah. getting the barrel on. That's the type of guy he is. Right. He's going to go in the gym or the lab, and he's going to figure out how to not strike <laughs> out as much. But yeah. I can't complain at all. And even on defense, he's looked good. Yeah, so even defensively, he's been pleased with that. He made the one error at Miami. But uh, other than that, he's been pretty solid. Uh, you know, so it's been it's been a week. I mean, today's Thursday. They're off. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. the 16th Friday. So that that's the one-week mark. Uh, he's got it in six, what, six games, seven games mm-hmm. um, with that doubleheader in there. So uh, pretty good start, I think, for him. And it's, it's you know, get him to the end of the season. Maybe he goes and plays somewhere, gets some at-bats in, in winter ball. I don't know if that'll happen. He he probably won't. I would assume that by the end of the year, with, with all the minor league work, he'll be, you know, around 200 at-bats and, right. and, and probably in a good spot. But it's important for him to get his feet wet. If he did winter ball, though, I don't think he's not doing AFL. He's going to go over to, like, Dominican or something and play yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it, it's uh, it was it was floated to me uh, maybe a few weeks ago that it, it was under consideration, but I don't know. It, 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 he hasn't heard anything about it, so I, I think if he doesn't know, then I'm not sure that that it. Hey, he's probably happen. had a heads up by now if it was going to happen. That, that's kind of the way you look at that. I mean. Um, Simeon, a little funny thing that happened with him Monday night too. These guys are uh, Tuesday night. These guys were worn out, by the way. Yeah. Boy, you talk about a wild schedule for that happening. Sure. Fly out Sunday night, doubleheader Monday, get back in three in the morning. <laughs> Simeon, that was pretty funny. Uh, he he didn't laugh at it, but everyone else thought it was a little funny. I guess on the TV broadcast, they were talking about it when it happened. Yeah, we don't get we don't get the audio on the broadcast, <laughs> and then it's twenty seconds behind anyway. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess he just kind of nodded off or. <laughs> Maybe not fell asleep, but just zoned out and didn't realize he was he was up to lead off the inning. And so once he figured it out, he races up there and gets a double. Yeah, you know? and, just and, a, one and, of not, his... and not just like a one hop the wall coast into second double. He had to run his tail off to beat the throw. So absolutely, he woke up quick. I guess <laughs> it was funny if you saw the replay of of what he did. He yeah, he went over and he sat on his place on the bench where he gets comfortable before he's he's getting in. Probably head on something that happened there, getting ready to. I mean, yeah. these guys get focused in on what they're doing. Boy, those eyes got big he jumped, jumped up didn't put on boy when they were talking about he didn't put on his little elbow guard nothing yeah. and doubles that was fantastic yeah uh, but uh, he you know he, he's he's playing pretty well he had a good day in miami yep and then uh came, run last came night. back tuesday had a good game and then hit homered three run homer wednesday in the the losing effort but right um he's you know he he's got a chance to finish strong if you if you've looked his ops has kind of creeped up and creeped up it's i think it's in the 720 range right now which Still a little bit below average. He talked about his, you know, he's still trying to make up for his his really slow start. Yeah, just a really bad. But start. I mean, if you if you want to start from let's say May twentieth on, this is this is the guy that the Rangers out there getting. He's he's been worth every penny that they're spending with with what he's done at the top of the lineup. And I think ultimately, I don't think they ultimately want him to be in the top of the lineup. No. I think they want him to bat second. Yeah. Um. And and find a true, uh, you know, guy at the top of the lineup that can get on base and steal. Boy, if. You know, someone like Bubba or Leote would be great at the top if they were consistent enough to sure. get on base because they're just a. Uh, now, I didn't see the play last night. You were there. The uh, 
Bubba stole a base, got picked off, and stole oh, the ninth, it. But, ninth inning, he yeah, he was picked off. He but he beat, made it beat to the sec- throw, slid through the base, and didn't get his foot back. Okay, so, so that's what it was. It would have been, been tying run at second with one out. Yeah, um, I was picking up my son. I had to go get him from something, yeah. and I was trying to figure out what had happened yeah. uh, on that. But somebody thought that he did beat it for sure. He just slid past it. Yeah. Well, he yeah. usually slides feet first, and then he slide head first or something. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because he was picked off or yeah. I don't know. He just wanted to try to get there early. Uh, anything else, Adolis? Uh, you know he's gonna he's he's gonna get a hundred RBIs and 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 uh, he's he's set his career high which he set last year and yeah um so so that's good Nate Lowe's still going good Corey Seager's slumping right now but he got his thirtieth home run which right. which uh, a weird weird statistic is tied for the all time MLB record for home runs by a left handed shortstop yeah. tied with Brad Miller of all people. <laughs> So, uh, so, so the Rangers have them both. <laughs> that's right. So one, one, one home run, and, and Corey Seager will have that distinction. Uh, and, and, you know, probably will, over the next nine years, have a chance to, to, to beat it a couple times. Absolutely. If he stays it short, which yeah. we, at least next year he probably will for sure. That's the, uh, I know there's talk about that. So they're at 62 and 81. Uh, Going to be tough uh, to get anywhere past 70, 72, I think. Uh, yeah. The bullpen's floundering a little bit, starting pitching. I don't know. There may be a little wear. It's just starting to get there. John Gray came back, had a decent game the other night. Yeah, uh, sure. Martin Perez is consistently. Yeah. Are they going to sign this guy? What are they going to do? I mean, yeah, they haven't talked about it for a while. At least with you know, agent, it's getting more agent, expensive. Agent to club official. It's it's not. Uh, yeah, the price is going up. I mean, this is this is now. It's going to be a full season. He's done everything he needs to do. Of course, he's going to finish strong, but his ERA is still under three and. Um, you know, it, again, it's not a great, it's not a great starting pitching market. So, um, it's it's something they need to get done here before before we can even get to free agency. Well, and you see a lot of like Twitter activity and everybody talking. We'll just go out and sign Rodon or sign, sign Degrom or you know do, do whatever. And and let me tell you, that's all sounds great. And everybody, I love I love that everyone loves to spend Ray Davis's money, and that's great. And we we uh-huh. love to spend his money too. The problem is they're spending money and they're spending money wisely. I don't think he's afraid to spend the money. The problem is you don't want to be saddled with something that's going to end up, uh, you know, like Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. I'm sorry, I took a shot there and I shouldn't have, but they're tied to that guy for the next nine years and 85 million to get out of it. You don't want to be saddled. Look at, you know, at one point they they thought, look at Odor. Odor was a little bit of an yeah. albatross there for a little bit, uh, you know, who's, by the way, played a little better now that he's gotten out there. But uh, nah. but you you got to spend money wisely. It's just, it's not just having money. you got to spend it wisely. And yeah. I want to see them do it this offseason, but the best pitcher to get out there may be in the free agent market. I mean, in the trade market. Yeah, I, you know, I understand Rodon and and Degrom, very good, very 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 good pitchers. Wouldn't mind having them. Don't get me wrong. But. How, many, how many? You know, and and Rodon, uh, to his credit, has been healthy the last couple of years. Degrom hasn't, but both those guys have a pretty extensive injury history that yep. that would probably scare some teams. Some teams away. Uh, anyway, I that's 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 an off season topic. Are we gonna, I guess we're going to have stuff to talk about this. Yeah, but but Perez <laughs> Perez should have been done by now. I, yeah. I just yeah, I think that they're really missing an opportunity. Look, they could go out and get two or three really good pitchers, but Perez could be if, if Perez is your three or four starter, that's a fantastic rotation. I think right. with what he's done, this is an anomaly. It wasn't a first half thing. And then look at Pablo Lopez, who struggled a little bit. Everybody's talking about him from Miami, who struggled a little bit since the All Star break. Perez has kept it consistent all year long. Yeah, maybe had two bad starts there, but but I mean, he has consistently put it out um, and, and and got that going. It just doesn't make sense that they're not trying to get something done. 
Yeah. And you know, maybe they will. They they've probably had discussions, uh wink wink, nod nod, we'll get it done, but you gotta get it done. Yeah. You, know, you talk talk is cheap. And yeah. uh when other teams get to get yeah. in your ear also. If, if other teams get there, yeah. It it could be a problem. But yeah. um you know, just give him, just give him John Gray money. You know, give him fourteen million a year, fifteen million. You know, maybe, maybe give him one million more than John Gray, but whatever it is, it's it's still going to be cost effective. And absolutely. Uh, anyway, those guys are fantastic starters on any rotation, and if they're not the top of your rotation, that's even better. Sure. But good lord, sure. I mean, they're both very good starters. They could both. And everybody was saying, well, you know, Perez wouldn't even be a starter on a playoff team. Uh, on some of them, he would. Yeah, he he's would a be. third starter on some playoff teams with the number he's putting up right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he has matured tremendously at, at what he does. I mean, he's up there scheming. He, he's not a high strikeout guy. He's more of a ground ball guy. But good Lord, he's looked impressive all year. I'm yeah. sorry. That's a different guy than we saw before he left. Sure. And I think that, you know, he thinks this is who he is. And I think this year is kind of a validates that and he wants to be here he he just loves being here all right well i think anything else let's get to jim let's get to jim yeah okay guys they don't forget 5.99 a month 60 dollars a year great time right now to jump in on that 35 dollars for six months because the off season is going to be a busy off season we're going to have a lot of stuff to cover uh heading into spring training before we go out there but uh get that done but right now we're going to go to jim callis from mlb pipeline right after this And joining us right now from Chicago, Illinois, is at his home right now. Just back from vacation, by the way. <laughs> it's from MLB Pipeline. Huh? What's vacation? Yeah, I know. We don't know what that is. <laughs> from MLB Pipeline, Jim Callis. Any Ranger fans should know Jim. He puts together the top 30 prospects, uh, part of that MLB Pipeline pipeline that we all love to read. Jim, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Oh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I, 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 I was wondering about this. You, you, I'm, I'm guessing you guys go hard leading up to the draft, and then there's the summer circuit, and then, and then do you take? That's when you take vacation. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'd imagine you guys are just going all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. Like, you know, as a baseball America forever, and our schedule is a little different of how we did stuff in the off season. But the way it kind of lines up with MLB is we're really busy from about January 1st through mid August. Now the draft has been pushed back and yeah. that's exactly right. I took vacation about as early as I could, but whether it's the top 100 prospects list or doing all of our off season, top 30 lists, mm-hmm. and then there's spring training and then there's the draft and then there's the futures game and then there's <laughs> updating the prospect lists and the trade deadline. <laughs> there's one thing going on or another you know, a major project along with everything else we do pretty much through about mid-August right now. So yeah, yeah things I, slow down a little bit now, not super slow, but at least relative to the beginning of the year. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know anybody who is happy with the draft being pushed back to mid-July. It's, re- it's really been kind of a, a game changer because a lot, a lot of the guys who get drafted teams don't feel like there's time to get them, to get them revved up again and, and, and get them out to uh, an affiliate. I mean, it just seems like it's, it's, it's sneaky. Cause I don't think a, a normal, a normal fan would real would realize the impact that shifting it back a month has. 
Yeah, there's a lot of things. There, there's that, you know, having the signing deadline, you know, pushed back earlier yeah. and the bonus pool system, you know, so we had about 10 years where guys were signing pretty quick and getting out and playing. And now the draft's a month later. So that makes it that much tougher, uh, you know, to get guys out and playing. It also takes a real toll on, you know, the teams because in the past you get the draft done in early to mid June, you get your guys, most of your guys signing out playing. Now, you're drafting, you know, this year it was July 19th, which was the latest ever. And that's affecting the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. It, it's affecting getting, you know, you're trying to get guys signed at the same time you're trying to pull off trades. Right. You have your best evaluators are evaluating draft prospects and also va- evaluating trade prospects. You can't really do both. The, you know, you can't really wait until this draft's over to start scouting next year's draft guys on the, you know, in the high school showcases or the college summer leagues. So you kind of, take a break for a little while and go do that. And then you come back to this draft. And even I was talking to a scout yesterday who was saying it's even affecting contracts that a lot of the front office contracts used to expire in October. And he said, now teams are going moving more toward December because things are later, you know, and it's harder. Like if you're going to be out of a job, it's going to be, you're going to have less time to find a new one. So I would agree with you, you know, on the team side, I don't think anybody, loves having the draft in mid July. I, I, you know, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's going to go back to when it was because of the draft combine and MLB likes to draft right. combine. The draft combine is not going anywhere and that's in mid June. But I think you just from talking to teams, the hope is, is that maybe there'd be a little bit of a compromise and, and you could have the draft maybe at the end of June. Although I think MLB really likes having it as part of the all-star game, in which case it's right. not going anywhere. So we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause uh, I think 2021, the trade deadline was the day before the signing deadline and this year it was flopped but yeah, yeah. so yeah, i mean these exactly. these are guys who usually get to catch their breath a little bit at the all-star game as far as uh, front office guys and and then all of a sudden boom they can't do that so it's it's not popular at least not with the texas rangers i can yeah. i can say that all three of them jd before he was let go and then and chris and kip fag of all said it's just a it's yeah. a pain yeah <laughs> but hey while we're talking about the draft or why it's the most recent thing what, what did you think of the rangers draft this year yeah it was interesting i mean i did not see the the kumar pick coming to be honest um neither did we. Know, I, I do th- What's that? <laughs> I said neither did we. Yeah, I, don't, I thought it was a possibility. I don't know that anybody saw it coming. I mean, I, I I do think had Drew Jones or Jackson Holiday gotten to the third pick, they would have taken one of those guys, but, but they went one too. And so they right. you know, obviously it was kind of a unique draft for the Rangers, but they didn't have second or third round picks because of the free agent signings. And so by taking Kumar, they're they're betting on his upside, they're betting he'll be healthy. At the same time, he wasn't going to go nearly that high, so you were able to save money and then get the best high school pitcher in the draft. They they knocked him all the way down to the fourth round. That's Brock Porter, and signed him in in the fourth round. So it was a a pretty bold uh, gambit, I guess, by the Rangers. You know, it's you could kind of push guys down. I I'll admit I, I was a little surprised that somebody just didn't take Brock Porter. And mm-hmm. try to sign him for what the Rangers paid him, just with a higher pick. But it worked, so <laughs> so credit to them. But you know, I, I mean, if Kumar Rocker is fully healthy, you know, returns to full health, then I think it's going to be a, a tremendous you know parlay there for the Rangers. But I, but you know, I mean, I think that's still there is some question about Rocker's long term health, 
And and so there is some risk that comes with that approach. Yeah, I mean, I guess you've seen Rocker for shoot, I don't know, three or four years. Um, have have were you able to see him when he pitched for Albany or Tri City, whatever whatever the ball club was, the independent team? And have I you... didn't. I mean, I, I we got reports. I pretty much talked to scouts after each one of his starts, and uh-huh. you know they kind of likened it kind of to like a high school showcase thing. I mean, the competition he faced was worse than what he faced at Vanderbilt. So you right. I mean, he dominated, which was good. I mean, he, to his credit, he performed like you'd want him to perform. I don't think you can read too much into it because it's it's a lower level independent league. Um, and, you know, the scouts I talked to thought, you know, I mean, you saw the upper end of velocity, you saw the high end sliders, but, you know, also talking to scouts, they felt like first inning, he kind of came out trying to throw as hard as he could to pitch to the gun, you know, impress scouts. And the second inning, he tried to snap off. The, the slider as hard as he could so that that looked as impressive as it did. And, you know, the, the command wasn't as sharp, which is to be expected after the layoff. Right. And then, you know, the stuff would tick down a little bit in the third or fourth inning. Um, you know, like, like, I mean, you, I, I, it's hard. He's, he's such a hard guy to pinpoint because, <laughs> you know, we didn't even realize he had shoulder surgery. That didn't come out until late right. in the spring. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was, it went, for, I mean, I, I felt, I felt bad for Kumar because the way the draft rules work, they really screw the kids who fat, who fail physical and the right. physical. Now, granted the Mets weren't making anything up, but the physical is at the sole discretion of the team doctor. So you can't get a second opinion. You can't, there's no independent panel that decides you're healthy or not healthy. The team doctor doesn't like it. And, you know, there yeah. were shoulder and elbow concerns with Kumar and the Mets decided rather than pay $6 million to him, They'd rather get the pick back this year. They got the 11th overall pick after drafting him 10th. And so the Mets are made whole and Kumar, it's like, well, good luck, son, you know, go off, yeah. and, you know, see, try, try again next year. So I was, I was glad he got most of his money back and it wasn't a situation, you know, where he got $2 million and he went 35th in the draft. Sure. But, you know, talking to teams, I think teams felt comfortable drafting him. I honestly don't know where he would have gone if he didn't go three. I, I didn't think he was going in the top 10 or 12 picks. Um, but you know, if he's fully healthy, he belonged in the top 10 or 12 picks. It's right. just, you know, you got to see a, a handful of starts against not very good competition. You know, he, he flashed the stuff you'd seen in the past. Um, you know, it did fluctuate a little bit during his junior year of the year. Although I thought people made a lot of that. I mean, Jack Leiter stuff fluctuated his junior year at Texas and nobody, that didn't seem to bother anybody when he went number two overall. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I do, I do know from speaking with teams that there still are some elbow and shoulder concerns going forward. It's not like he had this shoulder surgery and the arm's 100% pristine, but you could also say that with any pitcher, right. there's going to be shoulder and elbow concern, you know, either or or both um, with any pitcher too. So, you know, we hedged. It's funny, like we've got a lot of questions. You know, why didn't you rank Kumar Rocker in your top 100 prospects list? And like, I just want to see him pitch over a series of starts in pro ball and to see that he's fully healthy mm-hmm. before we go there. I was kind of hoping we'd see him in Arizona Fall League, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, he he is going to pitch in the Fall League. He is. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I um, reported it yesterday, and and uh, 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 an official, a club official, confirmed it. So it hasn't been announced officially by yeah, the league. I know, but he, I know he is going to pitch in the Fall League yet. Yeah, it's like it's interesting because I saw. I, I don't think he's going to start the season in the fall league, so maybe he's going to pitch the second half of the fall league season because he's. I've seen some preliminary rosters and he wasn't on there. 
Well, he's um, he's gonna he's gonna definitely get his feet wet in instructs. That's the way it was explained. Okay, to me, yeah. Well, that, yeah. that makes sense, and so yeah. that'll be good. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Kumar uh, there because I heard rumblings of that too, and I saw the preliminary rosters, which I think will become official on Friday. I didn't see him on there, and I was like, ah, oh, shoot, no Kumar. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad you 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 reported that, so we know that uh, that he is. But in any case, you know, Kumar, I, I you know they have a chance, Kumar. When you when Kumar's on, I mean, we saw the 19 strikeout no hitters a freshman in the Super right. Regionals. We've seen him dominate. Uh, you know, he's MVP of the College World Series as, as a freshman. I mean, if he hadn't lost his final game at Vanderbilt, which was a World Series final against Mississippi State, he might have gone down as the best big game pitcher in NCAA history. And he still has a case for that. I mean, he won an awful lot of big games at Vanderbilt and took the ball whenever it's given to him. So, yeah, if he's healthy. Then I think this could be an unbelievable. This is very long answer to your question, I guess. But uh, <laughs> that was a good answer. <laughs> to get Kumar Rocker and then save money and get Brock Porter, who's you know was the best healthy pitcher in the draft. Um, you know, and then they got some, you know Chandler Pollard and Tommy Specht are interesting athletes. Yeah, they got with their next, next couple of picks. But um, the draft could really pay off. It just I think hinges on Kumar's health, and I think we'll have a better read on exactly how he holds up. You know, making you know, 20 or so, however many starts next year, five or six innings, four or five, six innings at a pop. I think we'll have a much better read on Kumar at the end of next year. Yeah. And then you, you mentioned lighter. Uh, what, what, what has been your read on, on his uh, first pro season? Yeah. You know, he, I think the biggest surprise to, I, I'm not surprised he struggled from the sense that, you know, they put him straight in double a, which, you right. know, look, they knew it was going to be a challenge. He knew it was going to be a challenge. I'm a Georgia grad, so I, I love the SEC, but, you know, the SEC is not comparable to double A or even high A or single A, you know, right. I mean, they're like, that's a big leap, you know, and I mean, look, I mean, Jack dominated college baseball, they wanted to challenge him, and so anyway, I'm not so much surprised that he struggled to some extent, I mean, he's still missing some bats, I think the the, the biggest disappointment and disappointment might be a strong word is the fastball has not played as well as it did in college. I, I don't think he's throwing quite as hard or spinning it quite as hard as he was in college. So it's not getting that, that, that same carry like in college when his fastball, he elevated his fastball, nobody could touch it. And it hasn't played quite that same way this year. Um, although I, I know from talking to people, uh, you know, the Rangers and others, they feel it's more just kind of getting the delivery more consistent, that that'll be okay. Um, you know, he's battled his control a little bit, but he actually did that at Vanderbilt a little bit too. And, and he's facing better hitters. Right. Um, so while, you know, the, the stats aren't pretty, you know, the five, five, four ERA and double A isn't pretty, you know, it's 109 strikeouts and 93 innings. It, it's not, I, I think the year is better than the stats would indicate if that makes sense. Sure. Um, there, there's room for some growth. He needs to be more consistent with his delivery, which I think will make his stuff more consistent and his ability to look at his pitches more consistent. You know, I, I don't think the Rangers or Jack expected he was just going to blow double A hitters away. Um, but, you know, I, I think this is a year where he, he probably learned a lot. Um, and I still think like I would not be surprised if he makes a significant improvement next year in terms of performance. And, you know, depending on how where the team we might even see him in Texas, but I don't think it's out of the question would see him in Texas by the end of next year. Yeah, you know, it, it you, you talked about the SEC, and this is a story that he's that that's kind of making the rounds, but um, <clears throat> I, I can't remember the player's name, but there's a player for Corpus who 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 went to Ole Miss, who who was Ole Miss's number three hitter, and uh, he 
Jack the first time they he faced Corpus, this kid's hitting eighth. And so that, that, that it woke Jack up. He's like, holy, you know, this is the only guy I had to worry about in that lineup. And now I've got, I've got to worry about all of these guys ahead of him. So I, I think he's had to learn how to pitch. Yeah. Uh, and and there have been adjustments. I think the, the strike zone's not, you know, it was a, it was a little tighter than, than in college ball. But uh, this is your, what you've said and has been echoed from the Rangers. He's learned a lot this year. Yeah, he's, they're not he, concerned. he's had to learn how to pitch. Yeah, they're not concerned. They just think it's more... <clears throat> Yeah. Get the innings in, get the arm work, and then healthy. He's yeah. gonna, you know, he's gonna get 100 innings. They're gonna make the playoffs. So he, it's, yeah. I don't think there's anybody sweating no. over here. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and I mean, you hit the. I mean, he stayed healthy. He got his innings in at a high level, you know, double A, um, and he's kind of learned some things about what he'll need to do between now and the big leagues. And I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked to Jack. I mean, mm-hmm. I've talked to Jack. I mean, you can't talk to Jack without being struck at how now. I mean. It's not a shock because he grew up around the game. His dad's right. out lighter. But, like, you know, he's not just a guy who's reaching back and throwing. He's kind of a cerebral pitcher. He understands a lot of this. And I think I think Jack's going to process, you know, what worked, what didn't work this year. And I really think he's going to come out and have a really strong year next season. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, Josh Young will be graduating from prospect status at some point next year. But you guys have him ranked uh, – currently as your number one rangers prospect who 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 in the who in that ranking though do you think is a has a chance to make a big jump yeah i mean you mean just on our overall list or or the the top top 30 yeah rangers yeah i mean yeah the the top of the list is tough i mean i i I do think they probably have the strongest top 10 from one to 10 of anybody in baseball right now you know with with josh young jack Leiter, evan carter owen white justin foscue brock porter Luis Angel Acuna, Kumar Rocker, Dustin Harris, Cole Wynn, and that doesn't even count Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran, who who have graduated this year but aren't right. really full-fledged established big leaguers right now. You know, I, I could see I, – I know they really like Takoa Roby. I think Takoa Roby's a guy who can make a jump next season. He's a right-handed pitcher who who's just got really good pitch characteristics and a lot of savvy on the mound. Mm-hmm. I think Mitch Bratt is a young lefty in their system sure. who can make a jump next year. He's kind of interesting. I know, I know one guy that they're really interested to see. You know, next year I think he'll be 100. But Dane Acker was really opening eyes before he had Tommy John surgery last year. And he's gotten come back and gotten on the mound this year. But I think it'll they'll kind of like he'll be he's full go. But you know, I mean they'll 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 turn him loose next year. Right. Like, there won't be restrictions. He'll have the Tommy John further behind him. And and I feel like Dane Acker's a guy who could who, who could make a jump. Yeah, Dane Dane I. I I went up to Arizona one day for for the complex league because Young was there and about to start playing. And Acker pitched that night. And it, first of all, he's a he's a really good kid. Uh, kid, he's twenty four, I think twenty three. But <laughs> hey, we're all a, getting old now. So. Yeah, exactly. They're he's a, he's, a, he's a good dude. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, he his fastball and and I think it's a curveball, whatever breaking pitch. Those 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 complex league hitters didn't have a chance against it. Um, and and it's an interesting because he's not like a huge guy, but like his trunk, his legs are big. I mean, he's <laughs> he. That's where he, I'm sure he generates a lot of his velocity. But it's it is interesting, and 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 the Rangers have been high on him since they got him. I know he was in the Andrus trade, and yeah, it, it, that trade that produced Jonah Heim, which has turned out to be really really good. But they are they've always talked about Dane Acker, and so I I I think you 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 hit the nail on the head there, but. Uh, yeah, that, you, you said something interesting that you think the Rangers top 10 is as good as there is in baseball. 
just, you know, how far has this system come? Because when they started this rebuild, they were 25 or lower, maybe, maybe 22, 23 in a lot of prospect rankings. How far have they come? Yeah, no, I mean, they, they really have. I mean, I, I think some of this stuff runs in cycles. Um, you know, when you kind of fully commit to the rebuild, you start trading for prospects. I mentioned Duran and Josh Smith. They both got in the Gallo trade. I mean, they both graduated off the list. And you start picking higher and, you know, you get Jack Leiter, you get Kumar Rocker with top five picks. Um, you know, you know, not only do you get Kumar Rocker with the top five pick, I mean, that really helps you get Brock Porter also. Um, you know, Josh Young's a recent first round pick. You know, Owen White's a high school guy they invest a lot of sure. money in. Luis Angel Acuna is their best international guy, and they have some interesting international guys coming too. You know, Dustin Harris is another guy they acquired in a trade. Um, so they've kind of, you know, since they've kind of committed to rebuilding, you know, you're not trading prospects to get veterans. You're doing the other way around. You're picking higher because your team's not performing as well usually. Um, you know, they've, you know, changed kind of their draft approach, I think, in recent years where in the past they were shooting, you know, they would go for the high risk, high reward guy a sure. lot in the draft. Sure. And now they've gone for the more polished guys like a young or a lighter, um, you know, those types of guys. You know, Cole Wynn was a pretty po polished college high school. Right. I mean, pretty polished high school pitchers, I was trying to say. Justin Foscue was a, was a, another SEC performer. I mean, he had tools too. But, you know, they kind of, I think, changed their approach for what they were looking for in the draft because, I mean, they really have not developed. I mean, their last kind of impact big leaguer, that they developed was Joey Gallo. I mean, right. they have guys who I think have that potential who haven't, got, you know, Josh Young just got to the big leagues, um, you know, but, but and, and that's a long time. You know, 2012, it, it's yeah, Gallo was 12. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, they've kind of revamped how they've done things too. And, um, you know, their system, their system is a lot deeper. You know, and it's interesting. I mean, the guy, you know, we've, we've got Young number one, but you could also argue – like, like I know there are teams that, that think Evan Carter is their best prospect, and that was a great scouting job right. by the Rangers because I'll admit, <laughs> so in the <laughs> pandemic draft 2020, you know, when he was a second-round pick, like so we split up the country at, at MLB.com. I've got half the country, and Jonathan Mayo has half the country. And, and Tennessee is one of my states. I have, like, the Midwest and the Southeast minus Florida. I have about probably 55% of the country okay. in terms of where the prospects come from. And when Evan Carter – I mean, got drafted in the second round. Granted, it was a pandemic year and it was a shorter spring, but I probably had a list of a dozen potential high school picks from Tennessee. I didn't know who Evan Carter was. Um, <laughs> I, I had no clue who he was. And that doesn't usually happen to me in the second round of the draft. Right. Um, and, I mean, it's funny because I reached out and I had teams were like, oh, man, what a reach. I don't know what they're doing. I think I reached out to four people real quick because we were live on TV trying to get yeah. some data. So, give me something on Evan Carter. <laughs> and guys, I, like – Three of the four guys that I, I contacted, kind of, ah, it's kind of a reach. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing there. One guy's like, oh, he's interesting. And it was just a guy I think the Rangers had seen more of and really believed in. And to get him away from Duke, they're going to have to take him in the second round um, to pay him. And and they went all in on Evan Carter, and he looks great. So, I mean, that was, that, that was great scouting, and that was not a, you know, college, perform, polished college pick. That was a pure projection high school pick that looks like it's going to be really good yeah and it, that i mean just that that draft that you know the rain the rain the rangers believe that if if evan carter had had his full season that that first round you guys wouldn't have been scrambling yeah and, and well, yeah. i mean and yeah i yeah. mean I'll, I'll i'll give myself some solace with that one because 
I don't even know if they – maybe they played a couple games. I know they worked him out a lot. And I think I, I heard a story how they worked him – had him at a workout or he was training before the draft. And there were a couple college pitchers there throwing the 90s and he was barreling them up. Like, like, I, like I, I take some solace in that. I still – I still was caught quite off guard when Evan Carter went in the second round. Well, you weren't alone. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're not holding you accountable on that one at all. We all had that puzzled look. But I will remember this. When we had that interview with with Kip right after that yeah. draft, he legit – it's the first time I'd ever heard him say, this guy's legit. He is a possible five-tool guy. And we all – I kind of rolled my eyes and went, well, that's what you're telling me because nobody knows who he is. you know. But uh, now it, you're hearing it from other people uh, that they, he's legitimately could be a five-tool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm looking here at my notes. Like, So he played three games as a senior, and he, he wasn't a big showcase guy. He didn't make the full showcase circuit. Right. So right. Like, I just don't think many teams had seen him. But, you know, credit. I think the area scout was Derek Tucker. Credit to him and the Rangers for believing in him because <laughs> if I, I will say this. Uh, like, if we redrafted the 2020 draft right now, he would go well before the 50th pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's safe to say. Safe to say. All right. Uh, the way we work it here, Jim, is that I ask baseball questions, and then John will ask kind of baseball questions, but a little, yeah, a little lighter fun. side. We're going to talk about your career and uh, what you do. Before we do that, you've already okay. You said TK Roby, Mitch Brat, Dane Acker, who we've all we've had on Roby, Brat. Did we have Acker yet? Yeah, yeah we had Acker too. I'm trying to remember. We've had a lot of them on. But tell me a guy in the Ranger system that no one's talking about that you say keep an eye on this may be a guy that can shoot up. Is there anybody you can think of off the top of your head? I don't know. Cause like the guys on our top 30, I kind of feel like, uh, that we know about, that we know about. I'm like, I'm just looking like, where's my deep sleeper Rangers list. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the Rangers have so many people who cover them that like, I, I you know, I, I don't I mean, like I'm looking at guys who just missed our list, like Josh Steffen or uh, yeah, or you know Cam Colley's not having a great year. I think he's he's got better tools than his year would indicate. But I think guys know about them. Um, I don't know if there's like I mean maybe the guy Winston Santos maybe yeah but like yeah I don't know sure. I, I feel like the Rangers are covered so well I don't feel like a lot of these guys <laughs> are far going on the right. I will say like. I don't think he's gotten a lot of publicity because, you know, he got overshadowed in the draft by the, by their first two picks, but Chandler Pollard's a pretty interesting guy. Like uh, the outfielder, they got out of Georgia. He can really run. He's got a lot of athleticism, you know, and I think as a, a fifth round pick, you don't get a lot of attention. Uh, Chandler Pollard might be that guy who, who okay. like, like, again, I default, like, you know, all the, they have a bunch of interesting pitchers in the A ball, but I, I feel like people know about MLA, yeah. you know, Teodo and, 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 you know, yeah. Stefan and Kindrike yeah. was in low A and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like a lot of these guys have been covered. So, well, you know, out of, out of the top 30 guys, I'm going to get into your stuff in just a second, but out of the top 30, who's, is there any guy on that thing that who, who's the most likely to possibly be an all-star superstar MLB player? Is it young or do you see somebody else on there that could possibly be, you know, really good all-star uh, top, top player in MLB? Well, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not just saying this still on Rangers. I think a lot of their top 10 guys have that capability. I mean, I, I do think Young is the best bet. He's done it at higher levels. You know, right. I mean, Carter's going to play up the middle probably, but, you know, Young's on the dirt. So, like, you know, if I had to bet on one of these guys becoming an all-star, yeah, Josh Young would be my bet. Josh Young would be my best bet. But, I mean, I think Leiter and Owen White and Brock Porter and Kumar Rocker and Cole Wynn, 
all are guys who can pitch in the front half of a big league rotation. And I think, you know, we just taught Carter's got five tool potential yeah. and an really right. advanced approach at the plate. He's, I mean, he's just, I mean, he hasn't advanced as far as Josh Young and doesn't have the track record Josh Young has because he's four years younger, but he's, yeah. he's almost as good a bet to hit. And he might be, you know, so like, I mean, which is saying something considering he's 20. Um, you know, Foscue, I think Foscue could be a, a 20, 25 homer, 280 hit in second baseman. I mean, that's an all-star. Yeah. Um, I think Acuna gets overshadowed just by everybody else in the organization, but Acuna's got a ton of tools. Yeah. And does. Dustin Harris, while the bat's what jumps out the most, I mean, I think he can he can control the strike zone, he can hit for some power, he's got some defensive versatility. I think Dustin Harris gets overlooked a little bit too. But I mean, if, if I had to pick one, I, I would say Josh. I would say Josh Young. Yeah, I, I got it. How do you guys assign risk to a player? Because it's obviously there's risk with every draft pick, but you have a high risk, a low risk, a extreme risk. Is it injury history? Is it a, you know a prep guy? Does he automatically go into the high risk category? How, how do you guys sort that out? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a combination of health. It's a combination of track record, and then it's a combination of like the tools profile. Um, like, you know, Josh Young's been hurt. They've been kind of fluky injuries. It's not been like some chronic thing one after another. Right. Um, and he's hit everywhere he's ever been. So like I consider him fairly low risk. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, pitchers, I think come with more risk just because of the health. Um, so like, you know, Jack Leiter, me, I mean, this is, we don't actually, we, we used to put risk grades on guys when I was a baseball American. We don't at, at, at pipeline and but like Jack Leiter, I, I, if I was doing, would be kind of like medium risk, maybe. Okay. Um, Evan Carter, maybe you go medium risk. I mean, I know he just got the double a, but he's young. He's only really had one full season because he was hurt last year, you know, Owen white medium, you know, and so on. I mean, maybe Brock Porter, you know, like Kumar Rocker, maybe you go high risk until you yeah. see that first full season in pro ball. Sure. But yeah. Like, you kind of, it's just, it's a combination of all those things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, as you know, I, I do the monthly Rangers report for your former employer, Baseball yeah, yeah. America. And, and, and yeah, I just the, the risk. And I, I did a, I did a chapter for the handbook a couple of years ago. The risk was the hardest part. It's like, <laughs> It's like, well, I don't know. They all seem risky. <laughs> but yeah, well, another thing is too that's interesting is like I, I can't remember. So like it could spell I used to edit that book forever. But like I think they put they put a tools grade and you're like, yeah, yeah, they put a tool like an overall they put an overall grade on a guy. Sure. So like you can all the other thing is too, it's kind of a sliding scale. So like if Josh Young, you know, like a 50s, like a big league regular and like let's say 60s an all-star, like maybe Josh Young we'd put like 55 low, but you could also like go 60 medium, you know, if you wanted to, um, you know, like I, cause I know when we were doing those, when I was at baseball America, especially on the super young guys, you could give them a higher ceiling, but then if, as you raise the ceiling, you put more, like you could go, you know, you, you could go like on a super young guy, maybe you go, you know, you would give him extreme risk. I think was mm -hmm. the highest risk, but like, sure. yeah. Yeah. And, and we kind of had, in our minds, when we came up with that system, we're like, you know, a 45 medium is the same, you know, is roughly the same as a 50 high and roughly the same as a 55 extreme. Now, granted, I mean, I'm not saying you could just slide anybody up or down, but, you know, like you have guys with higher ceilings, the more risk and a guy with a lower ceiling 
but less risk are, you know, kind of comparable, like, like a Cole Reagan's might be like a 45 medium and a Jason Moore bell might be a 55 extreme, you know, I got you. look at that way. I got that's you. Cool. All right. So now we're going to get into Jim Callis. Uh, <laughs> and actually Jim and I, uh, so we, we, we're on the same wavelength. I'm, okay. We were born the same year. I just had my birthday Monday. He's hitting the fives. Uh, next month, so Uh-oh. you and I are the same age, man. We're we, we've grown up watching ball the same time. You're from uh, Oakton, Virginia, right? Is that where you're from? Yeah, that's where I went to high school. Grew up in Northern Virginia. Yeah, and went to went to Georgia. Now, let me ask you this: In high school, did you play sports, or you just loved them and covered them, or what? Yeah, I just loved. I mean, I, I played like little league Babe Ruth ball, but like I wasn't very good. And our high school had about 2,500 kids, so. I wasn't going to make the baseball team. So, so nothing like that. So did you write on the high school paper and stuff? Is that where you got your love for it? I did. You know, it, it's funny. I, I did. And I covered not just sports, but I, like when I went to Georgia, part of the reason I went to Georgia was my high school journalism teacher had relatives who had a paper. I can't remember this far past <laughs> 37 years later. They, they owned, Her relatives ran a paper in one of the small towns around Athens. In okay. Georgia. So the idea was I, I got into business school. I was going to go to business school and I was going to work for their paper and figure out which one I wanted to do. And I never wanted to work for that paper. I wanted to work for the school paper and loved it. I actually covered basketball my first year, which is probably my least favorite sport. And I don't think I was the most insightful baseball writer. But the, the second year I was there, I covered the baseball team and we went to the World Series, College World Series for the first time in school history and had two first round picks and three big leaguers. And at, at that point, I kind of knew. This is what I wanted to do. Okay, so you so that's and your love for sports started in high school and doing that. What drew you to the minor leagues? Was it just career opportunity, or did you just really like? For me, as a Ranger fan, growing up a Ranger fan uh-huh. in the old days, let me tell you what: in the old days, the Rangers were always out of it by <laughs> midseason, and you were always looking down in the minor leagues that who's going to rescue us. So back in the old days, it was Baseball America, Baseball Weekly. I was reading box scores. <laughs> we didn't have the internet. We were having to do yep. all that. What drew you to the minor leagues? <laughs> now, it's funny when I tell people about how when I got started, there was no internet. They just look at me like I'm crazy. Like, <laughs> you couldn't watch videos of prospects on your phone. <laughs> like it was, it was a lot different. Um, yeah, no, it, um, it, it was really, it was Baseball America that got me. Like, I, I, baseball was like, always probably my favorite sport football hockey are close but baseball is my favorite sport and i loved covering it at georgia and i also started reading baseball america i guess when i was in high school like in the mid 80s like baseball america started in the early 80s right and it just fast it just fascinated me reading about guys before they got to the big leagues reading about guys in the draft trying to figure out who were going to be the best players like i still remember like i grew up a red sox fan and i remember like the sporting news have really cut back prospect coverage. But I remember reading about Roger Clemens. Peter Gammons had an item in a column about Roger Clemens before his rookie year. So I think it was the 83, 84 offseason. And I was like, I, don't, I had never really heard of Roger Clemens, but this guy sounds pretty good. You know, Peter was very excited about him. And I, and I, I got, somehow got hooked up with Baseball America and reading it. And I just, you know, they covered every minor league and they covered the colleges and they covered the draft. And, yeah. You know, like I, that just really interested me trying to figure out who the best players are going to be. And, I, and so at Georgia, I loved covering college baseball. I covered Georgia for two, my two, my last two years there. Loved it. And um, I just kind of was like, this would be like kind of the, the, the dream job would be to do that. And again, this is like such a bygone age back then. If you want to go into sports journalism, most everybody, you'd go wind up working for a newspaper 
working on the desk, editing copy, right. editing right. agate. Maybe you cover high school football. You maybe you get a chance to write a feature here and there, but you know, and then you'd hope for an opportunity to open up and and to make the most of it. And and I, I was just really fortunate. I, I was really interested in Baseball America. And again, this is so long ago. So when I was covering the team, you know, like you mentioned, there was no internet. So if to find right. out where Georgia ranked in Baseball America's top twenty-five every week, you had to call Baseball America. There was there was no huh. internet to look at it. <laughs> like you, you would actually call Baseball America on the phone and get them to read you off the poll. Um, and I wound up striking up a conversation with their editors because I was calling every week, and I did a, a little sidebar story for them the following spring, and wound up getting an internship there that I parlayed into a full-time job. And I was, I, nice. I, I always tell people it was right place, right time. Like, cause again, 90% of people who go into sports, you'd be, you know, compiling box scores for the agate page and, you know, covering high school football. And at the time I joined baseball America, we had, I think four full-time, I was the fourth full-time editorial employee. Oh, wow. So I was the college guy. I was the international guy. Wow. I was editing a lot. So I was dealing with a bunch of writers. I was, I think I was photo editor. I was setting up cover shoots. <laughs> wow. Like, you were nice. doing everything, but it was great because yeah. you, because we, we only had four full-time employees. You were doing everything. You got immersed in everything and, and nobody else was really covering that stuff. And, you know, Alan Simpson had built the magazine the right way. Like it had a really good reputation. And like, I was, I learned very quickly. Like I remember my first spring there, I had to call John Sherholds for something. GM of the Braves. John Sherholds called me back within two hours because I was calling from Baseball America. I mean, it was yeah, it was great. Sure. And, and I and I and like once I was there, I was all in because just talking draft and covering college. And I mean, when I started, there wasn't even Baseball Weekly at the time, so we were literally the only national publication really covering college baseball full time. And so, I mean, it, it's still this way. I mean, college coaches are, are easy. But like anybody I need to talk to in college baseball, you know, I'd get on the phone in, in five or 10 minutes and it's going to college world series. I was covering the Olympics when I was 24 years old. I oh, got man. to go to Cuba. I mean, it was, That's it was fine. the best because you were literally doing everything because we had such a small internal staff. I, I think, I mean, Jeff, they're, they probably have what eight full-time editorial employees now. This, this staff's probably doubled now, but, but we got back then you really yeah. did everything because you had to. Yeah. For the record, I am the best agate clerk ever. All right. <laughs> We're just going to say that right now. There's no disputing it. I'm the best agate clerk ever. Uh, but, you know, I, I since since I've left the newspaper and gone independent here, it's pretty interesting. I've, I've really been attracted to player development or drawn to it. Yeah. You because know, every, every story is different. I, I, when I was at the paper, I, I had a chance to go to the Dominican and saw where those kids come from. I mean, it, there's so many great stories out there and, and I just can't, you know, I, I, I see the appeal. I see what got, what, what drew you at that age to, to what you're doing now and shoot, you haven't stopped. No, no I mean, I'm still doing it. I mean, this is like year 34, I think. And I mean, another thing too, not to, I'm not painting all big leaguers with a broad brush, but like, you're somewhat, I mean, limited, you know, you have access at certain times to big leaguers, like they're going to only want to give up so much of their time, especially sure. as they become stars. Right. Like I can't like you're covering minor leaguers or college guys only in a very rare occasion. Does anybody, 
you know, big league you or not, you right. know, like basically almost anything you want to do, those players are up for you. You want to do a 30 minute interview? Fine. You want to do long, you know, like whatever. And it's like, again, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, very pleasant big leaguers to deal with a lot of guys who sure. are very open and very sure. helpful, but it's again, it's not, you know, you don't have to jump through any hoops. Like you want to talk to, I mean, maybe you do like, you know, if it's a big time, big time prospect, they don't want the guy inundated. But like, if I wanted to talk to Evan Carter, it'd be pretty easy to get Evan Carter. I mean, you guys had him on the last podcast, right? Or, I texted like, him the night before. Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> you can reach out on, on, you know, like you could go through a team, but like you probably know who, like if you know who his agent is, or you can reach out to the player directly, it's like a piece of cake. Yeah. And like, I'm getting ready to go to the fall league. We mentioned the fall league and Kumar, like the fall league's awesome because like there's a ton of prospects and it's like, I always say the fall league's kind of like spring training without like all the great parts about spring training with all the, like, you don't have to worry about parking. You don't have to worry about crowds <laughs> and you don't have to worry about tickets. Like you can get tickets, walk right up, sit pretty much wherever you want. You can, I don't know, like last year there was limitations because of COVID, but in the past you could interact with the players a ton and the fall league's great just to go out and watch. Yeah. I think, like, I know, again, they'll release the rosters. The, we're recording this on Thursday. They'll release the rosters Friday. But I know there's 16 top 100 prospects who are going to the Fall League this year wow. um, to start the season. And then sometimes we add them, you know, during the season. But, like, the Fall League is just another one of those things where it's, it's just great to, you know, everybody's happy to talk. Like, you sit there and chat with a bunch of players, learn a lot. It's tremendous. So, and, again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm being jaded about the big leagues. But, like, no. You know, even if the big leaguers are, you know, willing, like you only get so much time, you know, where you get access to them, you yep. know, it's a lot different. So, well, that's, that's here for sure, because we get, look, I think the Rangers really like us doing this. We do get a lot of the minor leaguers on and they know that we, these guys get a chance to get it, get in front of some guys, get asked questions, then really enjoy it. And we, you know, we're, we're, we're real easy with them and they like to see them get some interviews in and it's been great. You're right. These guys open up, they have a lot of fun on here and do it. And that's why I was excited about this too. Cause your job intrigues me. How much do you travel? Um, it's changed a little bit. We're back to pretty much normal after COVID, but I, you know, we'll do like typical year for me. Like, well, the one thing that's changed the most since COVID is we used to go up to MLB network a lot. And now we do most of that stuff from my house. Like, Right during 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 the th deep throws of the pandemic in 2020 for the draft, they sent me like three cases of like I had I'd hate to know how much the camera cost that I had here, but they sent me like three cases of equipment. <laughs> I did it here from my office where I'm sitting right now, and since then, like we I shipped that back afterward. But I have, I, they, it's funny. I mean, the the technology today, like I have an iPhone. Um, I think it's a 12, maybe an 11. But anyway, they sent me an iPhone. Because the camera's so good, and I have a tripod, and I have a TV like light that I can adjust, and I just do all that from here. So I don't travel as much to MLB Network as I used to, but everything else is kind of back to normal. Like we go to, I'll do, you know, about two weeks in spring training, bouncing around to a bunch of different camps and talking to a bunch of players, and you know, watching games on the backfield. I go to the draft combine. Um, I'll go to. I didn't do PDP league this year, um, but I've been to the PDP league. You know, Jonathan covered that because it was right on the heels of the draft combine. We do the futures game, which is also now the draft, which is also um, they have a high school America game and a high school home run derby. There's a lot going on there. I'll do a couple weeks in the Arizona fall league. Um, 
occasionally travel to other events, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not, it's not too bad. I mean, you, the thing is, like, I don't do like during the spring, I don't necessarily travel, you know, to game, to game, to game, to watch draft guys because it's much like a, like it is better to get looks in person, but, but there is a ton of video on these guys and I'm much more effective if I like, if I go, there's, there's not that, I mean, the big tens around here because Northwestern's local, but let's say I wanted to go watch Jack Leiter at Vanderbilt against whoever and fly down to Nashville. And like, okay, I could double up and see Kumar and maybe I'd see, you know, five or six drafted players in that series who are worth seeing, you know, if I stayed for the weekend, but at the same time over a week, like over two or three days, I can maybe talk to eight or 10 scouting directors about dozens yeah. of players. So yeah. I don't do that much individual game coverage, if that makes sense. It's more event kind of longer term travel, if, if that makes sense. Sure. So when you when you were at Baseball America, did you go around to a lot of the minor league venues or were you still kind of doing it the way you are now? It doesn't sound like you go out to many minor league facilities anymore. Yeah, right? well, it's weird. I, I did less travel, but we did. I did see more minor league games just because – they were a lot closer. Like the closest, hmm, who's the closest minor league team to me right now? Because Kane County is no longer affiliated. Kane County, which Peoria? is like, yeah, probably. Like I like like, and then then you have tra- like major traffic to deal with. So <laughs> like, like, but I was gonna say when I was at Baseball America, you know, we had Durham, which was obviously right there. Like yeah. the, the Baseball America, you had virtually. I think every level of baseball was within an hour's drive. Um, and, and if you were willing to expand that radius to two or three hours, you had a, a ton of ballparks. So I did see more minor league games when I was there. But again, the nice thing is, and it's not the same, you can, there, there, there's so much video guys right now. It's insane. Yeah. You can get a lot of video. So it's like, again, it's not the same of actually being at the park, but you could still get a lot of video looks at guys, um, which is, I mean, how my job has changed from when I started in 1988 to now is, is insane. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I bet it has. It, hey, listen, I'm, that's about it for me. You got anything else for no, me? No, I just, you know, the prospect talk is great. Oh, I, yes. I just, I just, it's such a, it seems kind of niche from team to team, but when you add it all up, God, Jim, I, I, I don't know how much, I don't know how many prospects you know. And uh, <laughs> but, but, but my God. Well, <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 a full t- it's our full time job. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's uh, I, I, if I find now that I'm I'm almost fifty five that uh, I'm like I used to feel like I could do it all by memory. Now it's like I always like to double check my notes or have stuff in front of me because I feel like I don't recall as much. But no, I mean, it's just I mean, you do it full time, it, it becomes a little easier. So yeah. I, I we we cover I cover ten teams in terms of doing top 30 lists and doing all their, you know, the majority of their prospect stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. So I feel like I know those 10 teams really well. And I know the good, the really good prospects in other organizations, but I don't know, like I could go Rangers minutia a lot more than I could do say angels. minutia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, like when a national league team comes into town or I travel to an interleague game, I have no idea who's on the team. Yeah. American gotta- league. I can tell you just about everything you want to know, but yeah. national league, boy, if it's not, Nolan Arenado or Mookie Betts, I'm really screwed. <laughs> yeah, now that's that's like me. Same thing with the prospects. Yeah. If, I mean, yeah. Yeah. like I like I'm a little fortunate because doing half the draft, you at least have you know there's like a 50 50 chance if the guy came out of the draft, sure, I probably know something about him because he, you know, I, I had him as a draft guy. Yeah, that makes it a little bit easier. But yeah, it's 
like having to cover, I don't think anybody tries to cover all 30. Like having, if you had to cover all 30 teams, yeah, yeah I think that would be pretty Your tough. head would explode. Yeah. All right. My last fun question, because this is a fun one that I it just dawned on me to do. A lot of scouts have this that are interesting. Has there ever been a guy, like a guy you went to go, this always happens. You're going to see somebody, like you said, you're going to look at something, and you notice some guy you've never heard of, and then that guy ended up being somebody. Have you ever had that happen? Um, it's, it's hard now because <laughs> the nature of our job, like, like you usually know who the guys are. Like, you know, like, like, since we're doing draft stuff, like going back to high school, it's not like, like I, 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 you know, I'll know a guy's a prospect even when he's in high school. So yeah. I don't know. Like, it's weird. Like the first guy who jumped into mine, he was a very obscure big leaguer. I remember uh, when, when I got to, when I got to baseball America in Durham and miles Wolf owned the team and owned the magazine and he, he since sold the team, but it was, it was a high A team in the Carolina league. And I don't know why this guy popped in my mind, like, cause he's so obscure, but Paul Merrick who pitched a little bit in the big leagues. I remember thinking, boy, that guy has a really good slider. I, I thought Paul Merrick was a little bit better than, than, than people mm. thought. Um, okay. Like, but that's, obscure. but like, you gotta say like for the, for guys who become good, like I remember, I think I was a little higher on Jonathan Papelbon than other people were earlier in his career. Okay. Well, like he was a fourth round pick and he was a dude in Mississippi state. So it wasn't like nobody was on him, you know, sure. those types of things. But you saw what he ended up being and some people didn't. I guess. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I was on the Mackenzie Gore bandwagon, I think as early as anybody on the media side, but again, that's because I had scouts telling me, Hey, this guy isn't getting as much publicity as he should like going into his senior year, but he could be really, really good. But like, yeah, it, it's weird. I, I guess like, I don't, discover players so much now because like I've already been told that they're pretty good (laughs) uh, before we, before we get there. So, I mean, like I'll give you one, but I mean, and even this wasn't one, like I, I was as probably a big Owen white fan as anybody on the media side coming out of the draft. Like I just thought this guy, he's so athletic and projectable and there's three pitch potential. And like, this guy's a chance to be pretty good. And, you know, he has Tommy John and then he breaks his hands so barely <laughs> pitched when he got to the Arizona Fall League. So going in the Fall League, yes, I was very excited about Steno and White. I thought he had a lot of upside. But again, I mean, I knew he was a dude because he was a second round pick. And I had guys yeah. telling me that spring he was a dude. So yeah. like, yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about, I guess I guess I don't really stumble upon guys anymore because I already <laughs> have a pretty good dossier on, on most of them by the time I see him. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's fantastic. Hey, well, Jim. Yeah, you you and Jonathan, and then I would be remiss if I didn't mention my one of my best friends, Jesse Sanchez. You guys do a great job there. At, at, oh, it's with, thank with you. What you do. Sam Dykstra yeah. does too. Sam's kind of the third right. man on the minor league side, and Jesse, you know, I've never covered international baseball. Like, basically, like if when guys sign and they come into my organizations, then I that's when I start really worrying about them. Like people talk about how hard the draft must be to cover. I, I, I don't know how you cover international guys like, yeah. like Jesse does or ben Miller, like college guys, like they performed at colleges, they performed in summer leagues. You have that's to have data. You know, we've seen these guys, the international guys, all those guys commit when they're 13 
right? Like 14 years old, Jesse does what he does. But yeah. like, it's funny, like every year, Jesse and Ben, not only do they give you the scout report, they're like, oh, so-and-so is the favorite to sign them. And right. that, like, because everybody agrees early, like they already know where the guys are signing months in advance. It, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It is great. And you guys do a great job there. I'll tell you what, it's one of my, um, out of Jeff and I, now Jeff's really gotten into it now, but I was more of a minor league guy before we got together just because I was always intrigued by that. But, but Jim, uh, I reached out to, uh, to you and I appreciate you just jumping right back with us. That's fantastic. You joined us. We'll try to get you on again, maybe in the off season and take a chance sure. in any new movement. You can tell us about some guys, but anything else for Jim before we let him no, go? Just a bit, a big thanks from uh, the, the fellows here in, in, in Fort Worth. Jim, thanks a lot well, for coming man, on. I'm glad to help out. Um, uh, like I said, you guys are doing a lot of cool work and uh, glad I could join the, the long litany of Rangers prospects who've been on the show and, uh, <laughs> Anytime. Right. I love talking prospects. And I, and I just think the Rangers have a, it, it's a fascinating farm system. I mean, the, the, the toughest part about covering the farm system is you only get 30 guys and it's like, yeah. well, there's other guys right. I want to put on this list and you just can't. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, that's better than the alternative, I guess, where, you know, <laughs> You're looking for you guys. have some lists where it's like, <laughs> how am I going to get to 30 guys? I don't know. <laughs> um, like, like 30 guys I actually believe in, but it's, it, it's a fun system to cover. Okay, great. Good. Well, well, Jim, thanks for this. Jim Callis from MLB Popline. Jim, thanks so much. Have a good one, sir. Okay, take care, guys. Appreciate you. All right. was Jim Callis from MLB Popline. Big thanks for Jim for jumping on here with us and, and taking time. That was I don't, pretty I don't, I don't, you know that, that's just his knowledge about the Rangers. He's, I know he's, it. he's got it for a bunch of teams. I know. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. We that, yeah. that's all we talked about with Ranger stuff today. But yeah, I mean, what a cool job and 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 what he does. Hey, we're gonna go down in the bus leagues, even though a couple teams have, have uh, seasons have ended. We need to talk about uh-huh. some promotions. Uh-huh. We yeah. go from down uh, down at the bottom all the way up, and it's it's pretty amazing this year down east. Uh, the low A team finished um, 65 and 66 overall. The only team to have a losing record by one game. And then you tell me that one of the games got rained yeah, out. Yeah, I think their season finale got rained out. And so they just weren't going to make it up. Yeah. They were 32 and 33 in the second half, three and seven overall. They lost three in a row uh, doing yeah. that. A um, couple of great names out of there. Teoto, who that was my guy. I saw in spring yeah. training yeah. that I like. Emiliano Teoto and, and Mitch Bratt. Two, yeah. two pitchers who are candidates, honestly, to be Rangers minor league pitcher of the year. Uh, the Teoto, numbers are impressive. Yeah, Baseball America says Teoto has the best fastball in that league, the, the Carolina league, and Brad, Brad's just been steady. I think yes. the ERA finished around two two and a half. It was two, four, five innings last start. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, they're, they're young guys, and Teoto's pretty uh, inexperienced as far as a pitcher, so that's good because he's a converted uh, converted position player. He played shortstop and outfield when the right. Rangers signed him. And really when the Rangers signed him, he was only like upper eighties, low nineties. Now he's, you know, upper nineties, one of the best breaking balls sliders in the, in the organization. So uh long way to go. Yeah. But 
encouraging season for both of those cats. Absolutely. And Brat, uh, the Canadian, coming down here and, and just showing yeah, up. Interesting I mean, story. He was guest earlier in the year. Yeah, go look at that episode. Pretty interesting how yeah. he came down here and played yeah. and, and and all of that. Go down to Hickory. That's high A, right before double A. They are 66 and 65 overall. That's how they ended the season. They were 28 and 37 the second half. They floundered a little bit, but... A lot of movement up and down, guys. Yeah, their, their roster got picked over pretty hard. <laughs> they, got, yeah. they got picked off. Three and seven in their last ten. They lost their last two games at the end of the season. Um, tell me about Daniel Mateo. Yeah, you know, uh, started the year down east. Interesting guy. Uh, Twenty Signed for $20,000. Uh, the Rangers found him. So he wasn't drafted. Right, right. He's an international guy. Okay. Um, the Rangers found him. They were they were scouting a a, a guy who ended up signing for the A's for five thousand, Robert Passon, and um, he was during his batting practice, he's hitting balls all over the outfield. And there's this guy who wasn't on anybody's list who was out there running him down, and it was Daniel Mateo. And so the Rangers were his defense caught their eye, and um, he they they brought him brought him in and talked to him, and they're like, "Well, can you hit?" And he goes, "I can hit," and he said, "But I can run." So he ran a six two sixty, uh, which is you know elite stuff. Yeah. So he can go get it in center field. Uh, during the COVID year, he put on a ton of muscle. So he went from kind of a weak hitter who was okay bat to ball to a guy who can now drive the ball. Uh, he's a guy to watch. And for you know twenty thousand dollars, Toyota was a ten thousand dollar signee. Uh, it's pretty interesting. You know, you, you hear like uh, the Duran was a ten thousand dollar signee. You know, it he. It was an interesting story. The Yankees were going to give him a hundred thousand, uh, but he wasn't registered, and so he couldn't sign. And so the next year they cut the deal to, to ten thousand. So, right. Uh, but anyway, there there are these little gems out there at the Rangers. The, the Astros have been great about finding them. They're three fifths of their rotation is is guys who who were signed later than the the you know sixteen year olds internationally. So they're they're out there. You just got to find them. When was Mateo? Drafted. I mean, when was he signed? Uh, I think it was nineteen. Nineteen. So yeah. what's he about? Twenty one, maybe twenty. No, he he's he was sixteen. Oh, go he about just to say okay. He might class. have been yeah. sixteen years um, old. So he's. But anyway, he's a he's a guy to watch, and also our buddy Ryan Garcia finished up there. Uh, Ten scoreless innings, allowed two hits. Um, if you know, if you're looking for, oh you know, gosh. if Cole Cole Reagans was the feel good story last year, yeah. Um, our, the feel-good story for the system this year is definitely Ryan Garcia with what he's been through injury-wise and to come out and do what he did. I mean, he, he was you know way too advanced for for hit, for down east, but he you know he needed to get his feet wet and then uh, let's, he, he let's went to Hickory honest, and too, shoved. Man. He's got a chance to start a double A next year. I really think absolutely. And this he's he's isn't he Rule Five eligible? Yeah, because he was that same draft with Young and 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 Wenzel. But I tell you right now, that may have been. I mean, he didn't care. He just wanted to throw this year. He maybe he could have earned a, a promotion to Double A. But I tell you what, he he's somebody that they don't want to have above A ball right now. Yeah, but I, I you know just with his injury history and, and experience, I don't think any team would select him in the Rule Five draft. So um, now maybe the minor league portion. So you need to maneuver it that way so that yeah. you don't lose him. But. Um, good story yeah a great story and and don't sleep on this kid look yeah. he is his fastball only sits in the low 90s but he knows how to move it around he's got some yeah. off-speed stuff this is a very realistic potential rotation guy yeah. um yeah. in any organization whether it's this one or not but sure. this guy is not he, he he's a second he, round pick oh absolutely he did yeah. this in the pac-12 
before he came into pro yeah. ball, and he's doing it again now that he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, this he, and he's not a big guy. He's only about six foot tall, mm-hmm. pretty thin. Actually, he's filled out. Yeah, he's, he's on, a lot he's bigger. He's put on some healthy weight. Yeah, yeah, he's put on some healthy weight. All right, we go to Frisco playoffs. This is the only team that they're probably going to, what are they, got a magic number yet? Yeah, it's like one. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, the, the team that is closest to them in the standings is, is Midland, and Midland is playing the best the best team, which is Wichita. They're mm-hmm. just in another division. Right. Uh, so so Frisco is very likely to to advance. By the time you see this, they probably have clinched already. Um, which means extra at-bats for a couple guys. Sure. You know, it, it, the, the way the playoffs are set up, they would go into a three-game series uh, against the first-half winner, who uh, that was San Antonio, right? Uh, so uh, the 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 game would be Tuesday. The f- game would be Tuesday at at Frisco. Okay, and um, Jack Leiter would probably be on schedule to start that. That's him. Um, yeah. You know, he, he it'd be interesting to see if if when the temperatures turned up a little bit, a game that really means something, uh, how how he re- responds to it. Uh, but you know, a lot a lot of good things are happening at Frisco. It was a, it was a good roster to start the season. Uh, he, they, they've raided Hickory to to supplement when they've lost guys like like Duran, um, yeah. for instance, and and you know D- Dustin Harris is injured, but they haven't really skipped a beat with Zavala and now uh, Evan Carter and and Th- Thomas Sajasi, uh behind me, who uh, I've heard called Tommy, uh-huh. Tom, and Tommy Fly, uh, <laughs> but when when I talked to him last year. He wants to be called Thomas, at least in print. So yes. um, we'll call him Thomas, and and we're going to get him on here. Yeah, um, yeah. Good. Another another good story. That that shortened draft in 2020, the fifth round pick, and signed a signed Pepperdine. To go to Pepperdine. He was going to Pepperdine. Yeah. You know, hard to, he, hard to beat Pepperdine, and and then. Uh, uh, but another he, he, guy I mean, too that that mm-hmm. had 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 COVID not happened could have jumped up a lot of boards. His numbers were, his junior year number were yeah. unreal. Right, right, I mean, right. 11 or 12 home runs in like 30 games or 50, whatever yeah. they played. It wasn't a lot. Yeah. And and then he started out his senior year, already had four or five home runs yeah. in like a week or something. <laughs> I mean, he it was, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm just throwing off the top of my head, I can't remember, but it was crazy. Yeah. Hitting like 700 or something. I mean, it was great. If you, if you look at his numbers this year, he's, he's kind of a sneaky player of the year candidate he really is he, he's above 300 he you know there's power in there uh he can play three positions capably uh, yeah. i don't know that he's a standout in any of the the infield spots but uh you know what it neither is josh young and and right so but he's he's doing what he has to do he hits mm-hmm. all position players in the minor leagues their first job is to hit and uh he's he's doing that now i, I think carter or zavala is the eventual player of the year um I, I think that they've kind of, and, and Foscue probably is in the conversation a little bit too. Right. Uh, but it's been, it's been a really good year for, for Tommy, Thomas, Tom, Tommy fly. <laughs> it's been a good, it's been a good year for him. And, and, and the way you read it, it is Sajasi, not Sagisi, what I called him for about the first year that he was in. I the, think the Rangers called him that. Yeah. yeah. Until, until we, yeah. I talked to him when he was hitting in, we were there in the spring and he was hitting and I go, how do you say your last name? He goes, Sajasi. I almost fell over. I was yeah. like, really? He goes, no, seriously. And I go, I've called you Sagisi since you got drafted. Anyway, so overall, those Frisco, we already know they're good. They're going to probably make the, they are going to make the playoffs, 72 and 61, 36 and 28 in the second half, six and four in their last 10. They won last night. Um, Carter and, and Sajasi are here. Yeah. They have been moved up. I haven't had a chance to go out and see them, but I may have to go out and watch that playoff. Well, game. they haven't, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Tuesday's the only chance to see him because yeah. their first series has been on the road. And so, uh, I don't know, maybe that, that that's where we go. I mean, I may head out there. The Rangers are in town. Is that the first game of the yeah, series? Yeah, they play the Angels. Is that their first game of the series or is yeah. Monday? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd have to make a tough decision that night. We'll see what know. goes on. I don't know if it's tough. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what's going on. Round yeah. Rock. Go down to Round Rock. Round Rock, 74 and 63. There's still a chance they can make the playoffs. Yeah, they're in it because uh, they're – Season doesn't end until the end of the month because it's it, they've expanded the AAA season to 155 games. How many and, games back are they? Uh, two and a half, I think. You know they're oh, they're yeah, playing they're playing at El Paso. Um, it may be more than that, but um, anyway, they're, they're, they're right there. El Paso is a team ahead of them, so if they can if they can have a good series there, then they have a chance to. Well, get they're all week then, so yeah. they're they're all week. Yes. Uh, four and six in their last ten. They've lost three in a row though, so that's that's yeah. the problem. Uh, Krim got moved up. Excited about that. RBI machine for for Frisco um, had a great last week, I guess with with them or last two weeks with them. Uh, really, he was on the Baseball America hot sheet. Right, uh, did really good. And then another name we got to watch out for is Kyle Cody. I like this. Guy. Uh, Kyle Cody is Rule Five eligible. He's not eligible to be a minor league free agent. So right, um, this is a guy who who they probably will want to protect. Right, because they would lose. Yep. Um, he's you know he's had his injury woes, but. He's adapted very well to when be. He on, a, is he not on the forty man? He's not. He was. They, 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 they removed did. him last off season okay. because he was hurt and nobody okay. was going to claim him. Uh, so anyway, don't don't be surprised if he is is with the Rangers before the season ends up, and he should be uh, 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 an ad in the off season. Anything else? Nope. Five ninety nine a month, sixty dollars a year, thirty five for six months at rangerstoday.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Absolutely. Just hit the button down there, guys. Guys, thanks everybody for doing it. Jim Callis at once again. Big time. Thanks for coming on, Jim. Uh, guys, this will hopefully be out really soon. Well, when you're watching this, it's already out. So we yeah. don't have to say that. So, so it's already out. Guys, thanks again for watching. Come back next week. We're gonna have another good one. Until next time, we'll see you at the yard. Roxo Media House.